Hey, Diane. It's good Joe. This is good Joe, Diane. Is it? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think I am proudest of in life, you know, I've done a couple of things, but learning to make a good cup of Joe, it's something a person can really take pride in. And really, you know, I should write letters to all my friends and say, hey, if you ever want to learn how to make a good cup of Joe, I'm your guy, you know? Talk, I could be a consultant. A Joe why consultant. is it called Joe? I don't know why it's called Joe. Joe Java Jive Jingo? Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's not that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know, Diane. I don't know why it's called Joe. Having the difference between Joe and coffee is pretty... It's you know, a good well, point, Diane. It's a good point. Yeah. We need to research that. Why don't you take a minute and find out why it's called Joe? In the meantime, I'll be over here going, It's 9.05 a.m. Saturday, February the 26th, 2022. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. Here we sit in the frigid uh, frozen tundra. Um, but we've got all the fairy lights are on and the and the little flickering things and it smells like pine trees in here and you know it's got kind of a it's got kind of a you know wintry vibe wintry vibe yeah that's what it is diane it's a wintry vibe we're outside there's ice crystals and, uh, <laughs> no, we're inside traces of traces of powdered crystals. sugar on the on the foliage and the rooftops and uh, things of that nature and it's been another slow week here in Lake Barbiturate. It has indeed. Over to you, Diane. Well, first of all, we have what? to ju- we do not talk about news on the show. We don't talk about news? Well, we try not to. We try not to, yes. So I want to just comment on that because yes. I, I, when, when disastrous things are happening, catastrophic things, I, yes. I always feel like I don't want people to think that we're just all... Oh, yeah, everything is... Oh, right. You know. They were just yippy-skippying down the bunny trail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, we actually follow what's going on in the world and uh, are as, you know, shocked by events as anybody else. Yeah. I guess. But Maybe our, more so than some and less so than others. I don't know. But the whole... Uh, point of our show is not to be commenting on the news because you can hear that elsewhere right. by people are, who we know are, we are all we're just completely uh, saturated with uh, bad news yeah that's right if it bleeds it leads kind of thing having said that um i would say the notable event of this last week for me for you bill davy <laughs> for me, Diane Schulstein. Oh. Was our conversation with the Westminster Basement Group last week, which actually lasted three hours. I know, that was a, and it was just going by. I was just, I kept looking at the clock, going, Ken, have we been talking that long? Jeez, because it was such a good conversation. And the, the reason why the conversation was uh, so deep and so, uh, so, entertaining and amusing and revealing for us all was because of 
a podcast that I had found that Brett Goldstein, one of the members, oh, right. one of the actors of uh, Ted Lasso. Right. Who is a comedian, a British comedian. A British comedian. Yeah. And he has this... And I'd never heard of him before, Ted Lasso. No, I had not either. But I, I thought... guess that he's been writing for... Yeah. He's more of a writer than right. he is an actor. But he's he's had some other acting experiences too. I had been so engaged by Ted Lasso that I was I was looking up about the actors on it. I was curious about who they were and um and so I found that Brett Goldstein has this podcast that he He's been does doing it for quite a while too. For a long time and it's called Films to be Buried with. Right. And the whole premise of it is mainly just to get uh, he has celebrities, although the celebrities I have not, I'm not who, sure who they are for the most part. There are a few people that I know on there, but, and I have not yet listened to the podcast. Uh, I've listened to th- about three episodes of it. Yeah. yeah. I like the one with uh, uh, Kevin Pollock. That was a good one. And I listened to the one with uh, Mike Birbiglia. And I can't remember what the other one was. But. I had not, uh, I had started to listen to the first one, although I I never think you should listen to the first of a podcast because oh, yeah. people are just trying to get into it. Takes the swing, a while to get you know. going, yeah. But I was quite engaged by the questions. Right. Because it's really just a different way to get people to talk about something interesting. And, and it, was when we were using the questions uh it's a it's a group of 10 questions about various movies that are important to you but it isn't just saying what is your favorite movie or it's asking specifically about some various things so i thought it was really interesting that when i would answer these 10 questions some of my favorite movies are not even in there because of the way that it's the questions are written. But um, I found it so engaging to talk to, uh, to have a conversation with four people. It was uh, you and me and Bridget and Bill Woolham were talking about uh, the various questions. Right. And I actually thought that it would be really interesting for us to just go through, you know, maybe a couple of the questions rather than giving the whole list right now. Because uh, I just think the content of the questions is so interesting. Well, the conversation that gets sparked by the question, Right, because as we were talking to Bill and Bridget, I was actually thinking oh my god yes and that's you know so there were all these uh references because we're all in the same age group that were very appealing and important to us and so the first question was what was the scariest film you have seen and i found it really interesting that I felt that the scariest films for me were things that I saw when I was a child. Right. And I realized, because uh, this is something I've been thinking ever since we had the conversation with Bill and Bridget, too, because I, I felt like, why did I think, well, it would have to be a film from my childhood? 
And I think it's because when you're first entering this world and you're encountering all the horrific things that happen in this world, that you feel so totally unprepared for it. And in a way, I think that's why kids like scary movies and things. Uh, because there aren't that many films that we encountered when we were young that didn't have a scary aspect to them. Uh, we didn't really... I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, like even a movie like Pollyanna that we that we actually watched last night. We watched a BBC production of Pollyanna, which was a kind of a children's film. Well, Pollyanna is injured, you know, and that's a scary thing for a kid. So I, I was thinking about... I, I think maybe as a child you think you're you're seeing into the adult world if you see something scary or something like that or that you're uh, you're this is something that's advanced or something I don't know but it also convinced me that I had a pretty happy childhood that I didn't have horrors going on in my own personal life like a lot of kids do you know but so the scary things were outside of me and yet I could really imagine them and uh so it was funny because the the movies that I was thinking of for the things that frightened me the most uh, were movies, there was one movie I couldn't even remember the name of, but it was a, a convoluted sort of psychological thriller drama that my brother and I begged my mom to let us watch. It was some black and white film on tv and we started to watch it she came in and said what are you watching you know and and she didn't want us to watch it but we wanted to watch it and she finally said okay but i'm not going to be responsible if you have nightmares tonight you know and we did have nightmares and we were totally freaked out by that movie um i don't even remember the name my brother couldn't remember the name and we ended up just uh feeling like yeah that's um well i remember the name of the movie that scared me when i was a kid it's the incredible shrinking man because there's a scene at the end where he has to he's he's tiny little guy and he gets stuck in his basement and he's has to do battle with this black widow spider that's coming after him and he finds a like a straight pin on the floor and ends up having to stab the spider with the straight pin and the blood is running down his arms and I was afraid to go upstairs after that movie because our TV was down in our rec room in our basement and I had to ask my sister to go upstairs first because I was afraid that you know I didn't know what I was afraid of I was just I was freaked out by the Black Widow Spider but it was an amazing movie uh, of its time based on a story by Richard Matheson I believe or a novel by Richard Matheson well, it just, I, just that whole concept of that he was just going to keep getting smaller and smaller and keep shrinking. You know, he gets stuck in the basement and he's he finds this window that's got a screen on it and he can't get through the screen. He's trying to get out so he can get help, you know, and he can't get through the screen. And uh, he, so he ends up having to fight this Black Widow spider and then the closing of the movie is him crawling through the screen because he's still shrinking. And so he just climbs, gonna, right, climbs right through and he's going to, you know, He's evaporate just, into nothing. Well, he's going to become subatomic or something. You know, he's going to be floating around with the, with the you know the electrons and stuff or something. <laughs> it just felt like, wow, yeah, it's kind of like Zeno, well, Zeno's principle. You know, I mean, 
it just would just keep getting smaller. Well, and I think there were a lot of like sci-fi films back then, yeah. like, like the Blob. Oh, I remember oh, the yeah. Blob and stuff like that when we were kids. It was scary, but yeah. and I remember being very frightened by this this film that uh, there was like some sort of huge monster that had lasers that came out of his eyes and he burned this soldier up to a crisp and stuff and that really scared me but the the movie that i chose was the birds because i actually was older when i watched that i want to say was in junior high and i couldn't sleep after watching the birds yeah, I like the I like the scary movies where you know what happens is not some monster, some slimy creature coming out, or even some bad person or something like that, yeah. but something happens to the world. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Like the Incredible Shrinking Man, you know, I just you know just it was just weird to think about. Yeah, ham and eggs. He's not facing anything that doesn't exist already in the world, but it's just this. A different thing, take on it. Yeah, if the thing happens to him, that uh, it's kind of like the birds, you know. It's the same. Yeah, what thing. if all the birds yeah. did decide that yeah. they were going to? If the crows decide to turn on us, we're pretty much toast. I yeah, think, you know? I we'll, think we'll so. never leave the house again, kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> anyway, oh. that's interesting. But that was that was one of the questions. But there was a. Well, but I just wanted to say before I went into the, because uh, there was another question that I was saying oh. we could talk about today, okay. but okay. Um, but it was so interesting to hear Bill Woolham and Bridget's answers. Uh, Bill Woolham first asked, well, are we talking about seeing movies in the theater or are we talking about mm. the first movie I saw on TV? I mean... I said, I have no idea. I mean, this it's free-floating as yeah, far as I'm yeah. concerned. And and he said, um, well, for me it was... Uh, Wizard of Oz? Oh, wasn't it the Wizard of Oz? Oh, that's, it was, that was the question. It was the first movie you ever saw. Oh. That's, that's where he was talking about the Wizard of Oz. Okay. So that's another question I wanted to talk about. Sorry. But it was when he mentioned the Wizard of Oz about the one of the first movies that he had seen that I was saying that was one of the scariest movies that yeah. I had seen yeah. when I was a kid because of the, and we all said the flying monkeys, but you had a different take on that. <laughs> do, I, do you want my take? Yes. I never saw them as flying monkeys. I saw them as gargoyles. And I don't, I'm, and I'm that probably, makes it even scarier. I'm probably wrong though. I, but I was always like, they don't even look like monkeys. They're gargoyles. Monkeys don't have wings. I mean, come gargoyles. <laughs> but it's funny because Bill was saying, <laughs> you knew the word gargoyles when you were a kid. <laughs> I don't know. I remember thinking, it looks like those things you see on the sides of buildings, you know? Yeah, it did. Well, but they were terrifying. They were. Maybe, maybe that was his, his scariest one too. I can't remember now. Um, I don't think I started taking notes on what everybody was thinking until... Uh, but then you said that it was, you were frightened by the wizard, you know, with the flames and the smoke and the face. Yeah. Oh, a tin man! You know, that, that and I only thing. saw it on the... On the TV. On the TV, too. Yeah, full of commercials and all in black and white. No, exactly. No but emerging from the house well, into the color. Well, because the characters are scared by that, yeah. too. They are obviously terrified. The Wicked Witch of the and, West yeah. is, you know, about a little fire, Scarecrow. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. And when he sets the, yeah. she gets, sets the Scarecrow on fire. And, you boy. There's a lot of scary moments in that movie. It's good coffee. Mm-hmm. 
But it was interesting. I was reading an article about this podcast, and they were saying they mentioned a few of the movies that people were talking about, and how interesting it was that one of the the celebrities who was a musician, I think, had said that what their scariest movie was was uh, Inside Llewellyn. Inside Llewellyn Davis. Davis, which I have not seen. Yeah. And that the Coen Brothers, that they thought that that was the scariest movie because it showed that creativity was was so it was so hard to keep creativity as a creative life, mm-hmm. and that it was more about. I I haven't seen the movie, so perhaps yeah. you know, yeah. but when when I read that, I started thinking, well, man, if you're talking about scary movies about systems and stuff like that I would, as an adult I would be choosing like Game Change that movie about Sarah Palin followed with a double feature of the Comey rule with uh, right. you know those things yeah they're frightening about what where you are in, in and, life and what so, human beings are capable of Yeah, I had the flash on looking for Mr. Goodbar was, oh my god that was it oh devastating movie an assault and uh, you know I couldn't drive home after that movie yeah I, I watched that with a, a on a date and I wanted to be about five feet away from the guy that I was with at all times because I was just like jeez what a date movie man <laughs> but yes it, it's interesting because of what because actually by saying what movie scared you, you're actually talking about fears. Yeah, and, about what scares you. Right. Yeah. And when I was a child, I was scared by a lot because I was scared by disasters that we were watching. Uh, when we were kids, we would watch these these documentaries about volcanoes oh, and yeah. and tornadoes and tidal waves and everything when I was a kid I used to have this prayer that I would say and I'd I'd be going through every natural disaster please don't let there be and there was one (laughs) documentary we watched about the lack of water in a certain area and and how it it caused erosion (laughs) and all this stuff of the soil and that terrified me (laughs) well yeah so I would go through this whole litany of all these things. Please don't let these things happen, you know. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I, you know, with the Kennedy assassination, and, you know, my parents are crying. And I'm like, I was in kindergarten, you know. And, you know, you're in kindergarten, and you see your parents looking at the television and weeping, you know. You're kind of like, oh, my God, what's going to happen, you know. What's going to happen, that kind of thing. Well, I feel like weeping a lot of times watching yeah. the news recently. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, but yeah, when yeah. you you want there to be this safe, secure place that you are when you're a kid, and right. and you venture forth and find out that safety is all an illusion in a lot of ways. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, another question. What's another question, well, Diane? What's another one? Well, the other, the first question, I should have started off with the first question was, what was the first film that you ever saw? And 
that that was, you remember seeing that you remember seeing and that's um and that was really hard for i i was asking my brother about it too and because i don't remember in the end what the the film was but it caused me to remember that there were that i was certain it would have been in a drive-in and back in the days when my family first went to the movies we would go to drive-ins we had a drive-in that was not too far from us and uh the drive-in was really kind of a cool drive-in it had a little playground that was either uh, for some reason i have it that it was right in front of the screen, but it could have been on the side. I don't know. Yeah, it probably was right in, but down below the screen level yeah. so that the people watching the movie could watch their kids too. Right. Well, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But because I have this memory of playing on the playground swings before the, the sun had totally set because they had to wait until it was dark. So I was, I remember the sun setting while I was, on the swings and i also remember the little speakers that they had that they would put in the the... (laughs) i never went to a drive until i was in high school i never went to a drive-in as a kid well i think that my parents wanted to remember what the movie was well the the reason why i wouldn't remember is because they would have cartoons at the beginning like Premium cartoons, Looney Tunes, or Mary something. Merry Melodies, yes. Yeah, something that was uh, that was a cool cartoon. So it was almost like the kids watched the cartoons, and my parents bought, brought pillows and blankets, and we would fall asleep in the back seat. So I don't know what that first okay. film was. But the the film that... Because I, I, I was kind of conjecturing, well, maybe it was Dumbo... A lot of people that I've talked to thought maybe it was Dumbo, and uh, and that was when Bill Willems said that he first remembers watching Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, and you thought it was maybe Mary Poppins. Well, yeah, but I was thinking of a theater. Yeah, you know, I think I had probably seen The Wizard of Oz already, because it was on at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. I, I seem to remember that it was always around Easter. Maybe so. It always was around a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember it was a time when kids were off school so you could stay up later or whatever. And, and, uh, yeah. yeah, but I, uh, I just thought it was so fascinating to even remember drive-in movies because, yeah, that's a long time since yeah. that I've, attended a drive-in it's true but the other film that my brother had somewhat wondered was whether it was the wonderful world of the brothers Grimm, which was a and i said no i i know it wasn't that because that would have been in a theater um not in the drive-in it was a cinerama feature and it had a huge impact on me as a child Hmm. And I think partially even because of that Cinerama. Man, those Cinerama films. Screens, those were big screens. They were big. And because uh, How the West Was Won was also on Cinerama films. And uh, I mean, it was on the Cinerama screen. And I remember uh, they had a 
dance number that I uh, later found out was was danced by Russ Tamblin, who had mm. been the the incredibly athletic and gymnastic dancer in West Side Story, mm. and I just remember falling in love with that particular Brothers Grimm tale that was about a princess who really loved to dance and she would go out into the forest uh, to dance with the gypsies because she couldn't dance the way she wanted to in the castle. And so she would sneak off and, and dance and then she met this, this guy who was her dance partner and he was masked. And I just loved that story when I was a kid. Mm. And that was, it's interesting now to think that some of those actors that were playing in that were people that I would know from other things, but back then I didn't know anybody, you know. And they had the uh, story of the singing bone of this, uh, this knight who, he was really frightened of a dragon and his servant who was played by Buddy Hackett, by the way, was not, uh, he was afraid too, but he ended up killing the dragon and the knight killed him because he wanted to claim the the credit for it. And it turned out that there was a a bone that that he buried the body and the bone was uh, found and it started singing the story the story of his death and and everything it was i just remember that so well from my childhood those were the two stories i think there were other ones too but those were the two that really impressed me but i remember that one really well because we were in a that theater and it was a really fancy theater because back then they had fancy theaters theaters were going to the theater and going to see a movie was a big deal yeah and um, they sold little uh, hardback books that were the the size and and uh, thickness of those old childcraft type of books that were not you know they were just selling them for kids mm-hmm. uh, like the ones that you had for Christmas I don't know what the, those were but anyway I just I just thought it was so fascinating the barrage of memories that came tapping at the door yeah. from just one question right. you know cool yeah it's a cool podcast because of the conversations that grow out of the questions rather than just you know it's not just a list of questions you can answer click click tick them off kind of thing well and that's the whole point of the the questions is to have a conversation right. and I find that when the other people are talking to you about it, about their own experiences with movies, they they also are causing you to remember your experience with that particular movie. And and uh, I thought it was interesting that Bill Woolham was bothered that he didn't have a lot of modern movies in his lists, uh, as we were talking about the other questions and I was thinking I don't know I mean I had some modern ones in mind but uh, I think that there aren't that many films that impress you right there's a there's a you know when you're young things are happening to you for the first time and they have this and because of that they have a bigger impact on you they're more eye-opening and 
you know. Well, and especially I think films that you've you were watching in college right. and when you were first coming into uh, into your own thoughts, those things that you were seeing actually added to those thoughts. Right. I think, right. and helped you encounter some of the questions of life and. Um, and so I think they have a, a great effect on you during that time. It's sort of like the music that you listen to when you're right. younger. Uh, every generation has had more of an attraction to what they were listening to in, in their youth yeah. than, uh, than they have with the more modern pieces. And yeah, we have a song like that today. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, so movies are pretty interesting in that regard in that they can shape your conversation. The number of times that Harold and Maude came up was interesting to me because that was a pivotal movie in my life. Absolutely. In terms of expanding my expanding my worldview. And, well, it know. did for everyone yeah. in our group. It yeah. was important for everyone. Right. Because the question that I, I almost answered Harold and Maude was, what movie do you most relate to? And uh, I thought about Harold and Maude mostly from Maude's attitude towards life. I really relate to her, yeah. um, her spirit. Or I, I, let's say I'm inspired by her spirit because I don't think I'm truly like her in every way. Right. But, um, but sort of the wanting to enjoy the artistic and creative and just be out there enjoying everything till the just, end, you yeah, know. Just suck all the marrow you uh, can out of life you know exactly yeah. instead i chose amelie mm. and i chose it not because i related to the main character as much as the the whole theme of the whole movie right. of being um involved in this interwoven web of people and that each person is helping each other and and it's uh, the ramifications for every character mm. are so magical yeah. and a lot of it was starting off from um an idea of about being kind you know and i just love that you know watching kindness expand into the world and i love the colors and the way that everything was represented i love the characters i loved everything that was being portrayed in that movie so it's more from the the spirit and the joy of it you know it was mm -hmm. in the end it was like it's almost like choosing kindness over sorrow actually changed the lives of a lot of people yeah. and i just love that true that did you what was your the film you related to the most was it harold and maude yeah yeah that's what i thought harold and maude or my dinner with andre that also came up a few times yeah yeah, kind of stock answers, you know. Not really. No. <laughs> in that group, it felt like a pretty group, stock, maybe, an, stock answer. But, stock answer. But. but that says a lot about our group. Yeah, that's true. So, if anybody is listening to this, <laughs> tell us what you know. I I know we often get comments from from Mark. Kenny, mm -hmm. I really always appreciate his uh, views because, in a way, I'm, I'm thinking of this the same way I always thought about my dinner with Andre. That two people are talking, and I always wanted to insert my own ideas into that conversation. Yeah. And 
I couldn't do it with them, but I can with, you know, you guys can with us. With, all, you... with both of you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the music today is from our, our youth. Our youth. It just seems appropriate. And it just seems appropriate for what's going on today. It was the only thing I could think of this morning when I, when I was thinking about today. <laughs> so... Oh. 